Thank you for tuning in. My name is Monisha. My name is Ambika. You are listening to Fintech Cafe, a weekly podcast that takes place with a live audience on Clubhouse. This is episode 54 and the topic is student loan debt repayment. For this discussion, we are joined by founder and CEO of Paidoff, Bobby Matson. The call was recorded on August 24th, 2022, the day President Biden announced student debt forgiveness of up to 20,000 for some borrowers. In this episode, Bobby joins us with his expertise on the plan and what it means for borrowers. Before we get started, let's do a quick round of intros. I'm Monisha. I manage product strategy by day at one of the big five banks in the United States. I have been in the financial industry for almost two decades and t- co-host the show with Ambika. My name is Ambika, a product manager in the fintech space, been in this industry for more than a decade, and I have worked in the US, Europe, and Latin America. This show is our hobby project and we're so thankful that you could join. Let's switch the conversation now to Bobby. Bobby, so excited to have you and welcome back to our show. Such an honor. Can't wait to hear about everything that's happened over the year at Paidoff is also geeking out with you about student loans because I know every time we have a conversation with you I feel like my IQ's gone up a few points. So thanks for joining us. All right. Well, Bobby, sorry. So with that, I think we'll jump right in knowing that we do have 40 minutes left on the show. Bobby, I think Ambika and myself, we know you, but would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience other than being the resident expert on student loans in every conference or arena that you get to speak to us about your background and getting to pay it off, please. Yeah, thanks for having me again too. I really really love being on a part of this event. So thank you both for having me today. And so yeah, I think the the update with us so so I'm Bobby Matz and I'm the CEO and founder of Pay It Off. We are a leading consumer debt engine, so we power a lot of financial apps that seek to have their borrowers save money and automate savings so that they can have better financial We came from the student loan land so last time I was here it was mostly student loan use cases that we focused on in the next couple of months we'll be releasing a new product that's more focused on broad applications and credit cards mortgages and auto loans and personal loans as well we started in student loans just because it was i mean one of the most difficult and complex debts out there we do things like sinking loan allowing borrowers to get automated guidance on that picture of their debt and then the ability to take action on it so make an extra payment the ability to enroll in federal programs and save the money we do this all through partners and financial services partners so our customers are typically banks or neo banks or we have a lot of use cases in workplace so we we have a ton of different student loan benefits companies that are powered by us and we're really trying to be like the rails for that debt repayment ecosystem. So that's sort of the high level on us. We're a team of about 20 across the US and raised about 11 million to date from Lightspeed and a bunch of other folks. So yeah, a lot of like early stripe people back the company. So, you know, what we're focused on and I mean today was just a crazy day. It was just nuts. We we this forgiveness announcement we had been eyeing it for quite some time. We had been You know, we partner with the Student Loan Servicing Alliance. So I was just on the phone with their executive director there who represents all the servicers and student loans. 
you know, definitely have plenty to download and happy to answer questions on sort of how that policy is looking and how it impacts financial services. Awesome. Thanks, Bobby. And before we jump into the hot topic of the moment, I would also love to hear your founder story of how you came about this. I know we're always interested in sharing that with the audience. And I know you've got a real, real good one there, too. Yeah. So this whole thing started with my wife and I having six-figure student loans, credit card debt that kept us from starting a family. Uh, really didn't feel like we could have a mortgage or anything. It just scared us. So you know, I, we came from that place of like feeling kind of hopeless and not sure what to do next. And my background was in engineering. So I worked on like Groupon and uh, Fandango and Stitch Fix and had been, you know, for a long time building products to help people make decisions, you know, complex, you know, problems, but making them really simple for a user to say, you know, A or B is my choice. And a good example of that is like, if you search for a movie on Fandango, I tech led the team that worked on that. So, you know, it's actually a pretty complex problem to figure out the closest theater, you know, and the content to be context aware enough to like make the right recommendations for somebody. So that I, I kind of took that skill set and applied it to debt management. And in our situation, it was mostly student loans, a little bit of credit cards, but it, um, you know, helped us gain clarity, which is what borrowers want. All borrowers want clarity to some degree where they're able to make some action and feel confident. So I built a little engine for us, you know, this is basically nights and weekends where I was codifying all the regs and student loans and figuring out what we qualified for, if there's forgiveness opportunities. And, you know, we saved tens of thousands of dollars. We have a four-year-old now, we had a house, like all these things I thought couldn't be possible. And that's really what made me really want to do this full time is it, I realized I wasn't alone and my wife and I weren't alone in that feeling of, like, you know, what do we do next or get needing clarity and how to make, you know, the best decision. Everything I saw out there was just like, you know, Reddit threads and spreadsheets and it's just really hard to get those answers. So I pretty much focus, this is, this is, we're almost at the five year mark of me leaving my, my engineering job and, and doing this. And I, I've just been wholly focused since then on, you know, taking this engine and making it, you know, more robust, more borrower profiles, more types of debt, more, you know, federal programs, and just figuring out where, how we can expand that to have the biggest impact. So that's, it's really kind of where it all comes from is just that personal need and feeling like, you know, a lot of people and a lot of borrowers have a very similar feeling where they, they don't know what their next step is. But once they do, they have a lot of agency and can like, actually really commit and be able to move forward in their lives. Great. And Bobby, kind of segueing from there, knowing the impact of student loans on the customers you're trying to serve, what, how do you view today's, uh, the announcement around the student loan forgiveness? Just some numbers, it's expected to help about 48 million borrowers, up to 10,000, depending on the type of loan. I would love to hear uh, anywhere you can begin on your take. Yeah, I, my take is I'm pumped about it. I mean, the, the reality is it does help a lot of borrowers. And I'll always, that's always what I'm going to index on. You know, what are the, what's the best borrower outcome? So there's kind of two sides to it. There's, we got a lot of clarity today. Payments will resume at the end of the year. They've been pushed about eight, 
And they also, you know, they talked about some income driven plan, an income driven plan. That's a new repayment plan. They, that's been, that's already been in the works. And we've written a lot about that plan and, and kind of the, the nuances there. But the forgiveness announcement is really huge because, you know, it's a lot of borrowers who suddenly, you know, have that, have immediate relief and have more financial mobility. So I, I'm always a, a big fan of, of those types of outcomes. I do think it does get political pretty quickly. You know, I think the, the taxpayer is paying for this. You know, this isn't something that is coming out of like something that was budgeted in Congress. It's something that, you know, we are paying for. And I, I do think, you know, that's, that's a dialogue that I think will now be at a fever pitch on the political end. But for us, you know, we, we aren't thinking about it politically. Like we're thinking about, you know, how can the system improve and how do we improve access to these types of programs? But we did know that forgiveness, you know, if it happened, there's still legal, you know, challenges that are very possible to challenge it. And, and they have been very careful. The Department of Education has been extremely careful in how they've messaged this forgiveness. You can see it in saying, you know, this is under the pandemic relief. This is, you know, coronavirus related. You see it in messaging around what types of loans, as you mentioned, that this applies to. They have to be pretty careful because there's a lot of privately backed federal loans. So there's, there could be standing to block the whole thing. So Bobby, you seem very excited about this. And right before I came on this call, I told people this is a topic and very easily became political. So keeping the politics aside, can you explain why you're excited? Besides this is a good outcome for the end consumer, how does this help from your company perspective? Will you be able to do debt management better for student loans as a result of this? Yeah, so there is there is a positive you know, impact for our partners and for anyone using our tools, because we already automate federal programs, this slots into the same mechanism that we've already been building for years. So as an entrepreneur, I'm excited about the opportunity to introduce this tool to borrowers so that we could actually help them get the forgiveness. So that's one of the things I'm excited about is that, you know, with our current network, I mean, we could have billions that we forgive with our rails. And I think that's what I'm excited about is I've always cared about the impact of the tools more than anything and what our partners can do with them. And I think now that to see, to you know, we're the only provider automating these, these federal programs. So, you know, I think we end up in a situation where it's, it's just like right place, right time. And, you know, we've, we've done a lot of work to get to this stage. So I think it's pretty exciting. And this is something obviously it would be free to a borrower, but for our partners, it's a great growth opportunity, great exposure, great, you know, brand exposure. So there's just, you know, only really good things in the network that we operate in that come out of us. But it's, it's definitely, you know, that's, I think why I'm pretty excited about it just after the whole day. It's just been a day of phone calls and, you know, I thought I was going to really attend the conference, but <laughs> I've just been like, you know, kind of squirreled away making phone calls and talking to people and catching up and getting clarity on certain nuances. And what I'm seeing increasingly is that our partners will benefit incredibly. And so will the borrowers. And that, that is a business opportunity because it shows what we're capable of. And we, it shows the impact of these federal programs. So that's, that's pretty much why I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us in such a busy day. So I think the best way to say is you're excited because you can actually help automate the whole loan forgiveness for the actual student.
So that's exciting. I can see the excitement now. I wanted to understand more for the user. Let's say I am that one person who can benefit from this. How do I go through the process of automating this loan forgiveness through your services? So yeah, exactly. The, the one thing, the way it works is once a borrower is, we, we build connections to each student loan servicer and a borrower is able to link their loan accounts similar to how they would with say a plat or another aggregator we're the we're the actual aggregator we don't depend on anyone else we've built the relationships with the payment ops teams and all the various players within the student loan ecosystem and you know that's why we've built up these you know a lot of these federal program automations over the years i think one of our first products almost 3 years ago was was a income driven repayment plan application that we automated and you know those that that ports really well and adapts extremely well to what the same forgiveness mechanism will be i'll say this though there are still tons of details that are working out we still have a lot of work to do on our end to make sure that you know we interact with ed we interact with everybody who's involved to make sure it's done correctly you know it will need to get applied to the borrower's account on the servicer side so servicers will be a big part of this. So I think our plan is to allow for, you know, right now it's likely that we'll be, you know, developing a flow that partners can use that will elect, you know, borrowers can go claim their forgiveness because once they link their loan account uh, and they provide income verification, then that's all the borrower needs to do. It's basically like I link my loans, I provide proof of my uh, certification. There may be an extra step to verify on the Pell side of things. It's a specific program where you could get more forgiveness. Most borrowers will end up with 10K who qualify, but it's a very, you know, compared to other flows we've built, it's kind of on the simpler end. On the, so I, I do think we're going to be able to, to help. There's always nuances here though, that it may take longer there, you know, there's, there's a lot to still be worked out. It's very fresh, but given where we are and what we already do and how we already interact with these bodies and these agencies, I think I'm really excited about what, what's possible. Got it. So just last verification, let's say I, my student loan account, my student loans are serviced by Mohila. So I log into Mohila is how do I connect with your services? Do I make an account with you and say, yes, connect to my Mohila account. I give you my credential, verify who I am. And like, how do I, as an individual request your services? Or does it have to be that you already have to have partnership with Mohila? And then if I am servicing my loans with Mohila and then I'll get it like. Yeah, great question. So the way it works is our partners are typically like FinTech. So you'd be in like, say, you know, your favorite Neo bank or wherever you manage your money. And there would be a button that said, like, check for forgiveness. We would open a, like, launch a widget that basically would be completely powered by us, where a borrower could link their loan accounts with Mohila. And then we would be able to return all the loan data and be able to verify that their loans are eligible. And then they would enter one or two pieces of additional information and then know whether they qualify. So that's the idea is that. They don't have to mail in a form. They don't have to go through a lengthy process. It's like the least amount of work to get the answer. So we power those experiences and we do it through our API. We do it through embeddable experiences that are completely white labeled to our partners. So 
you know, you would basically be interacting with your bank, say, with this experience. You wouldn't, you, you know, it's powered by pay it off, but the primary value prop for us is that we're helping our, our partners enable these experiences. That's so easy. So good for you. Set yourself up for success. So hopefully this reaps benefits for you and, and other people who can benefit from this program. Yeah, we hope so. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy announcement. <laughs> it's been a crazy day today. <laughs> hey, Bobby. So, okay. just, oh, sorry, yeah. a follow up on that, because if I may, you, you mentioned partner bank. So for those in our audience, if they're trying to make this a painless process as possible, are there partners you would give a shout out to without any conflict of interest? Just, I think, for the audience purpose, they might be wondering. I know there was an initial question around it already. I would love to see if you can share any advice on how to get started. Yeah, so I think the, the best thing to do that I can say right now is that any of our partners listed on our site are gonna be very, it's gonna be very likely that they're gonna leverage this tool, assuming that it, but we're able to automate it in a similar fashion that we expect. So there's, there's a variety of apps that use pay it off. We just announced Lever, which is a debt management app. And we have a lot of FIs that we haven't been able to announce yet, but will be announced soon that are, you know, larger wealth management or, or on the banking side, but a lot of fintechs that we power. Savify is another one in the workplace. There's Future Fuel is now called Candidly. They're in the uh, student loan benefit side of things for employers as well as Chipper. They're on the direct-to-consumer app that helps borrowers figure out whether they're eligible for forgiveness. So those are the types of experiences that we've powered for years. And, you know, so checking out our site and seeing like who we already power is a good place to start. But we're just going to be announcing a ton of stuff over the next couple months, especially with this. I mean, it's just brought a lot of attention to the problem space. Great. Thank you. And because, sorry, I know you were trying to ask a question there. And just to round it off, Bobby, then from a timing standpoint, it sounds like the actual forgiveness is not until, is it early next year? Or do you have a sense for when that's coming? Yeah, our expectation is it's going to take a little time. October, November is likely when they'll actually have more guidance. Typically what happens with these announcements is that about two months on average until guidance comes out. And two months is, in this case, it might be faster. I, I think it could be a couple of weeks just given how much attention there is on it. They announced a bunch of other forgiveness opportunities that were more targeted. Borrower defense, where if you went to like ITT Tech or a school, a certain school, you would be able to get your loans forgiven, but it's like a smaller population because this applies to so many more millions of people. And you know, every news outlet's been reporting on it. I'm, I'm positive that, you know, there, it's going to be a lot faster than two months. So I think we'll be, we'll have clarity, you know, within a couple of weeks here is, is my expectation. So with the influx of more work coming, Bobby, for you, are you hiring? Yeah, yeah I guess we, yeah, we have to talk about, I have to talk to the team, but yeah, I think that's definitely going to be on the table. I mean, we, we did what we're, what's exciting is we did raise a fair amount of money last year and we, we were in a really good position you know, in terms of capital and just our runway and all the things. So I do think we're in a position now where we may want to just, you know, you know, kind of step on the gas a little bit, just given all the demand and the interest and all the things. So 
we, we definitely need to like level on that with the team, but it may change some of our plans. Cause we, we, we knew a fair amount about the announcement today, but there's always an 11th hour change that could have made it not occur. So it wasn't really until today that we had to, that we, that we really sized the opportunity and said, okay, this is, this is going to be a really important moment for us. So I think there's still a few things we need to work through and then kind of map out and then kind of take it from there. Awesome. And then I want to go back to like, you know, episode two, when you came on the show, you were still relatively young in the, in, in your journey. A lot of time has gone. I think it's been 15 months since you've been on the show. So also tell us a little bit more about the other products that you have launched, such as debt management for credit card, mortgage. Just curious about your growth journey. Yeah. So a lot of the use cases, since we last spoke that have been new, we've powered a lot more, like we introduced a, a payments product last summer, which was the ability to make payments to servicers, which really helped us, you know, grow in the workplace. So doing things like student loan contributions, we're seeing a lot of really great programs there that we've been able to help facilitate. We have one customer uh, that came online recently where they do something called a loan repayment assistance program for lawyers specifically in the nonprofit profit sector. And they power like the, or I guess we're kind of the Intel inside here, but they, they help you know, facilitate these programs for like DC Bar Association and a few other folks. So, you know, we, we've been able to kind of expand our use cases to all sorts of, you know, workplace benefits providers. So we've really seen a lot of growth there. And then, like you said, we expanded into other verticals. So our official public sort of display of this will be at Money 2020 this year, just in a couple months. But what we've been drumming up is, you know, guidance experiences, that are essentially like, you know, uh, make it a lot easier to do things like consolidations and balance transfers and, you know, refinancings. We have a product that we're going to make finally public to, uh, the next week. That's a refinancing product where a borrower can link their loans and see, you know, whether a refi is good for them. And what's different about it than other products is that we're, uh, we have an exclusive relationship with a fintech that kind of is at the LOS layer. They do like loan origination software and automating that. And we're able to do like the full end-to-end refi, which right now a lot of providers do like pre-qualification. So if you see like a nerd wallet, it's going to be pre-qual and you'll see, you know, you'll get a rate as a borrower, but then you have to go link out somewhere. We're kind of trying to push the envelope with this and do it all in app. That's the focus. So anyway, that's a lot of the new stuff, refinancing products, you know, we really think about it through the like, consolidations, prepayment, all these things are ways borrowers can save, but then there's also business outcomes. You know, if you're a bank who has where you're eyeing consolidations and you want to be able to move more lending volume and have more customers, you know, then we're a great partner for that. So I think those are the things that we've been focused on is drumming up as many use cases as possible as we enter these new verticals. Nice. So much growth. Look at you. So productive. <laughs> I, as always, I'm very proud of you, all the things you're doing. Last question, and then I want to open up to the audience since, you know, we only have 45 minutes with you. Last question from my side is anything around debt management requires education for the consumer. They need to know that the deal they have is not the right deal. They can get better. You know, so how are you, do you have anything around financial literacy, financial education, 
or how are you approaching educating your audience on the outcomes, the better outcomes they can have in life? Yeah, it's an awesome question. I, I come from the, the side of things where if you give somebody basically like the simplest fee that they can make a choice from, so you could do this or you can do that. And here are your other options below that. Then they're going to make the best choice for them. And based, it has to be based on their context. It has to be personalized to them. I think well, like if you see in some of our embeddable flows, there's always an opportunity to say, hey, what is this program or what does this mean? And then dig in deeper into, oh, that's, that's what that program means. And it, that's, this is what it means for me. It saves me this amount. You know, I, I'm able to, my monthly payment changes to X, Y, Z. Like just understanding trade-offs is really important. So we focus a lot on how do you get to the trade-offs as soon as possible? Because that's what increases conversion. That's what improves the experience. That's where you get borrowers to actually do an action and not just stop. I think that the problem with financial literacy is it's a, a lot of upfront education that's not personalized. And then you're not on it. You're not making a decision on it. So we focus, I mean, you're less likely to make a decision because you can get analysis paralysis. So the goal for us is like allow people to dive in who want to know everything about that decision and like take time with it, but make sure they have the personalized, here's literally what your monthly payment would be. Here's how it would impact you. Here's how you could, you know, save 240 a month on this student loan restructuring and then apply that to an investment account at XYZ bank or, or you know, or, or a, a robo advisor or something like that. So there's the, for us, it's about not overloading upfront kind of taking the user through a journey that they can go deeper on, you know, if they want to. And I think that's the, that's the piece that we focus on. That's kind of the approach we take. Yep. That's the key to success for first lines experiences. Okay. So we have 15 minutes. I would like to invite our audience. Now, if you want to come on stage, ask your questions or share your thoughts with Bobby again, he's not a political figure, so he cannot, you know, he can only answer to the policy that he understands and how that impacts the financial industry. So if, if you're new to Clubhouse, there is an icon on the bottom right. If you click on that, Munisha and I, we can bring you up on stage. And remember, we're recording the show, so please state your name first and then ask your question. In the meantime, Bobby, I have a question here from Anand. He's in the audience. He and I used to work at SoFi, and he's asking if Pay It Off, your company, is a SaaS model. Yeah, great question. So our typical model, we are a platform. So, you know, I guess you could call us a SaaS approach. So yeah, the, the short answer is yes. A lot of our use cases are with our embeddable widgets and, and pre-existing flows. But we also have, you know, we started as an API first company. So any kind of experience we have is, is able to be an API driven approach where you own the whole UI. So we do, we kind of work like Legos is the way we like to think about it is if you want us to sort of build the Star Wars kit and kind of hand it over, like we can do that. Or if you want us, if you want to like put the pieces together, our team will work with you to leverage our best practices and all the different ways that we've built and the right messaging at certain points and help you kind of create the UI. We often see our partners do a kind of a mix where they'll use certain parts of the experience with our UI and then it's branded to them and looks like their brand and colors, you know, the colors are matching their brand. And then they'll do another portion that's more custom using the API. So that's pretty typical, but the first experience 
you know, we usually have is, hey, it's, it's, it's 10 minutes to integrate this widget, go give it a shot, here's your workflow. We build partners specific workflows so you can design your own. These are all things that we'll be demoing at Money 2020, just like how we stitch together the workflows and how we can make it specific to a partner. Awesome. Then there's another one from James, also SoFi. <laughs> and he's asking, again, perhaps this is political, so it's up to you if you want to answer, but he's asking for a company like SoFi and other student loan financiers, how does today's policy impact? Is it good for them or what are your thoughts? Well, I certainly think for SoFi, which I love SoFi, it is a really, it's a really positive thing because A, the refi market and student loans has been difficult through the forbearance period. So you're really a borrower who has federal loans has no reason to refi those loans until payments resume. So, you know, a lot of the refi players that we've interacted with and work with have, you know, been really eyeing, you know, clarity on resumption. So I think today gave that today gave clarity on the resumption of payments. You know, they were very clear about it being final. I think everyone's skeptical because they've said it was final before, you know, and Omicron kind of changed that. So we do have to keep that in mind, but um, this feels, this one feels pretty different seeing as where we are. We now we have, we're in a very different place with the pandemic. And I think there's barring a world war. I think we're in a place where you could definitely bet on that, you know, resumption date. So I do think it's welcome news for SoFi because you, you're going to be at sort of much higher volumes and you're going to see it all happen at once. So it's going to be sort of that 10x event that, that is going to be a huge user acquisition opportunity. And honestly, I, I think there's a big opportunity for a SoFi to, you know, start actually interacting with the federal programs because it's when you have everyone at once looking for forgiveness, I mean, being able to do that through a SoFi would make it a, uh, you know, an account growth opportunity. So those are the other kind of ways we've seen. We've actually been hit up by a bunch of refi folks today just because, you know, they're trying to differentiate, you know, in how they approach the resumption. So, and today really kind of marked a moment of, hey, these programs are, you know, not going anywhere, hugely beneficial. And like, if they're not eligible, then a refi makes sense. And like any experience that helps people understand that means that you're going to get a really qualified lead an actual person that's going to get a funded, you know, that's going to be a funded account. And what's cool is, you know, we've seen a lot of refi folks get into personal loans, other and SoFi's in that list. You know, we think there's a lot of use cases for our tech in other verticals. So I think SoFi has, you know, a lot of, you know, things to gain in this news today. So it just depends on what the roadmap looks like for the next year. Thank you. Another question from Anand, it's a follow-up to your response. He's asking, do you expect to work with the likes of Fidelity? He thinks banks have no incentive to work with pay it off, but a Fidelity and Schwab may. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So I, I will say that there is clear evidence that I can't talk about yet, that, that, you know, the Schwabs and Fidelities of the world are, you know, very incentivized to work with a pay it off because it helps people invest sooner and it allows for freed up cash flow that, you know, improves AUM and attracts an emerging customer and a younger demographic. So that is absolutely, 
one of our you know focuses. I will say though, I, I wouldn't say that banks are out of the picture. I mean, banks spend millions a month on mailers for balance transfers. Like digitizing that is what we can help with. Cards teams that want to you know take points and apply them to student loan payments or debt repayment as an incentive to attract a certain customer. I think those are those are all opportunities that are available. So. We've seen actually a lot more of the banking. In the past year, we've actually seen a lot of interest from direct consumer lending, business units, from a variety of cards, businesses, from banks. So I, I, I'm seeing more use cases there than I, than I did maybe a year, maybe a, a year and a half or two years ago. Nice. Thank you. Another question. This is regarding the income verification process that you enable as part of your student loan debt management, the information that you provide as part of inf- income verification, let's say someone makes under 75000 they qualify for, for loan forgiveness, you relay that information over to their lender. Can that information be used for underwriting purposes? Let's say they, can, can a lender then say, oh, this person maybe qualifies for a 5000 unsecured lending personal loan. Does that, is that also another use case or the use case strictly to like verify income? and approve their loan forgiveness binary yeah right now it is that it is more binary in the sense that we need to provide the income verification that ed requires in order for the forgiveness to happen so and it's an interesting dialogue just that where you know a actually right now technically all of the income verification has been self-certification for a lot of these plans so you actually used to need to show a tax return a pay stub, uh, even an unemployment benefit summary to, you know, if you're taking unemployment, that was more important at the beginning of the pandemic. But yeah, so, you know, right now, though, the Ed said, hey, just allow people to set, you know, self-certify when they are looking to get into these plans. So that was a pretty big decision. That was a work order that about a year ago got approved. So I do think that's going to be lifted six months after resumption. So, you know, later and, you know, I guess next summer. We're going to see that get lifted and then they'll have to go back to, and at that point, you know, we're going to be integrating some kind of provider where we can do that. You just link your payroll account, make it really easy instead of having to take a picture of your pay stub. But at that point, it is an opportunity though, Ambika, I think you're onto something where that we're working increasingly on the lending side with lenders specifically that want to use our tools. And if we have a lot of information just through this flow, as long as the user permissions their data to be used that way, then we could highlight opportunities for the lender to offer them, you know, a, a loan that, that maybe they didn't know they were eligible for. So there's definitely opportunities there. We haven't seen that yet, just because the most of the income has been self-certify, which obviously is something that's really specific to this use case. Nice. So permissible use case is what you right. highlighted there. <laughs> okay, another question. This is from Jonathan and Seishu, then we can come to you. Hopefully you have a question. So just one last, just wait slightly. Jonathan is asking, are the student loan servicers mandated to send out messages, you know, inform basically people that, hey, you now qualify or this new policy has passed, contact us, maybe you qualify, especially if, you're under, if you make under $75,000? So yeah, that's the question of the hour. And that's what we're digging into is what is Ed going to require from servicers? 
they are figuring that out. I think is the short answer that the truth is right now, a servicer, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not expecting servicers to be mandated to say you qualify suddenly because a borrower needs to, they'll probably say, Hey, see if you qualify or you have this opportunity. You're already seeing it on their websites. You go to Nelnet. They said, Hey, if your account starts with an E, you probably qualify, you know, and that there was a big announcement today that based on your income, you could, you know, get forgiveness. So the, the, the truth is a borrower still needs to do something, right, to get that forgiveness. They did mention a certain amount of borrowers. I think it was like $8 million that they believe they have the right income information to do this in an automated fashion. The question is whether they have all the information needed, the Pell verification, other things in the means test that allows them to do that. But I, I think you know, for most use cases in, at least for forgiveness, they're going to need to, borrower needs to do some action, but this, the relationship is Ed, you know, is the client, Ed, Ed hired the servicer. So Ed gets to kind of tell if, you know, tell the service and negotiate with the servicers on, you know, what are, and this is outside of forgiveness in any context, if they want to introduce a new program or, or have servicers shoulder responsibility, there's always cost. So they have to negotiate that with any new work order. So I think that's what this will probably look like is my bet. Yeah, I mean, just speaking as a citizen, I would want like if we're going to do good, like I would want that people hear about it. And so they can take the respective actions that they need to, because we can just rely on the news cycle. News cycles are short. They die out. Next thing, next shiny thing will be there tomorrow and this won't get enough coverage. So I would like these servicers to at least send out some mailers and inform the consumer that they may benefit from this. Okay, two minutes left to the show. So Seishu, you're on stage. Welcome. Ask your question or share your thoughts. Sure. Bobby, thanks for joining. And then one quick question. Is, is this loan only for existing, I mean, who have loans or who will be taking loans? Yeah, no, this is a great question. So it's it right now, the way it's been announced, it's whoever has a, a federal student loan. So that is that could be somebody in school who just took out 10 grand for their past semester. That's still a technically a dispersed federal loan. So that they actually probably just got a free semester <laughs> if it was a $10,000 loan. So I think that's the that that's what we're seeing. I, there has been discussion. I don't know where it's going to land. There's definite discussion on what do you do next year? Because, you know, there's going to be borrowers. They may, they may need to extend it for borrowers that are about to take on loans because there's going to be some pushback on, hey, well, I, it, this is just because I got a loan a year later, I don't get the same level of forgiveness. It could be that they actually do answer to that. I mean, I, I have no like official word on it, but it could be that there's a policy around new borrowers having some access to this, which if you think about it would be smart policy because in my opinion, because you have, it actually makes college more affordable. So that would be an interesting thing to see. I, I have no idea if they're actually going to do it. It depends on how this all goes. Yeah, My, my, my son is going to college. So the, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. That, so. I hear you. I hear you. My four-year-old is pretty far out. So I'm like, I don't know if she's going to get it. 
All right. Well, that's almost 45 minutes. So Bobby, any parting words on either the forgiveness loan policy today or just pay it off? People have questions. How can they reach out? Yeah. So I'd love to talk more about this. If you feel like there's a use case where you work or with uh, even with the you know money management app that you use every day, just reach out to us. Like we're always, our team is you know, pumped to, to work on any type of use case that would be relevant in the debt management space. So the best way to reach out is either through Twitter. My handle is Bo Matson. The best way is bobby at payitoff.io and my email. So that's going to be probably the best way to get in touch. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We'll let you get back to your super busy day today. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you us. so much. It's so cool to see how you guys have grown FinTech Cafe. This is amazing. So I, uh, I, I really appreciate you having me on today. Certainly. Thank you for making it a very timely topic. For sure. Yeah, have a great one. You too. That's it, everyone. We'll be back next Wednesday with another FinTech. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, everyone. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. If you like the discussion, we welcome you to join us during our live shows every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific on Clubhouse. We'd be delighted to have you there. You can also find other episodes on all major podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd appreciate if you could leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Until next week, be safe. Thank you.